This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. For our guest today, we're honored and very excited to welcome Martin Young. Martin possesses a broad knowledge of design and cultural aesthetics. His professional experience in architecture, interior architecture, and design include several years in the Netherlands at such noted offices as M. VRDV and OTH Architecten. Rounding out his background, he did a uh, stint with a Dutch antique dealer and Paul Brinkman. And in San Francisco, in addition to the Wiseman Group, he worked for Stephen Volpe Design. Martin earned a Bachelor of Arts in Architecture from the University of California at Berkeley and a Master's of Architecture from Columbia University in New York City. This, uh, this definitely unique mix of uh, vocation, location, education can be seen and felt, add that in there, and felt throughout all his projects. You can find them on the web at martinyoungdesign.com. Again, that's martinyoungdesign.com. Martin, welcome. Thank you very much for being here, as we said. Oh, thank you for having me. Martin, we talked earlier about, you know, if, if there's a quote or a, uh, a mantra that to you, it really matters or means much to you. And I'm going to shoot, put something in uh, that I didn't think of until now is your work is very, uh, a, a great range. It's not just, there's a, a signature style, but it seems, it, it, to me, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, it seems as if you really capture who your client and who you're working with, what they're looking for from their perspective and not just yours. Am I a little mis- off or? No, I think that's, that's, that's very accurate. And um, that's, that's true. We really try to capture um, the individuality and the essence of, of each client. And, and I think um, that, that in itself, um, it can be as a, as, you know, as a, as a business, it can be challenging um, because when people are looking for designers to work with, they want to see the work you've done and they don't see any sort of, um, specific style that's what people look for and it's not there because each project represents um you know a u- unique um situation so um so yeah i mean that, that that's that's correct we really try to work with our clients um uh, and, and understand really what their goals are and um you know the intention of each project and um, and try and capture the essence um, and their voice with each project. So, yeah, thank you. The essence and the voice. Share with us what that means to you is to capture the, their essence and their voice. Well, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, with what, with my work, it's very visual. Not everyone is visual. Um, you know, everyone has their own processes, but also their the way they they 
see the world. You know, musicians see the world through sound and, you know, and um, uh, maybe mathematicians see the world through numbers. Um, so um, I think trying to channel however a client sees the world and their environment and trying to translate that into something visual that is palpable for them, uh, whether it is something that is um, triggers a memory, you know, their childhood, or it could be a color or a pattern or a combination of colors um, or a place. I think those, those, uh, so it's trying to pull that information from clients and bringing that into the project so they can relate to um, to the actual environment that we're creating. Do you have a mental process or a formal process when you first meet a, a prospective client or a, um, an organization? If it's intellectual property, you don't have to tell us. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, do I have a... I, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I think, um, well, you know, it's... Part of the project is bringing together the architecture with the client's uh, personality, right? So, the any sort of um, notions that um, I might get would be from the actual vis visiting the client in their home first to see the architecture, to see the spaces, um, and sort of thinking what that space or what the building is telling us it wants to be. But sometimes that isn't always reconciled with what the client's personality is, right? So you have to sort of put shelve that, maybe have that as an idea, as a, sort of the background, but then listening to the client and having conversations and working with the client, um, you start to understand what their actual goals and needs are and their approach, and then bringing that together back to the architecture. And somehow it's like a puzzle bringing the two together. I like what you said here, what the building is telling us what it wants to be. So you're in effect looking at the building and the space as alive. Absolutely. I mean, that's, um, I think that's uh, coming from architecture. Uh, um, and creating, and I think, I think that's part of coming from architecture, right? That's uh, the building um, is not uh, static, but you you use a space, and um, and with a home, I mean, it's it's a very um, intimate place, right? So it's very close to where where your clients are functioning day to day, and um, and the building itself, I think, um, has its own specifications. Um, it has maybe tall ceilings or short ceilings. It may have no light or lots of light. And you put that together with sort of with the client's um, idea why they're calling you in the first place. We want to create a family room uh, where 30 people can sit or we can have a function. And you see the room maybe might not hold that many, but you could be creative and you can start to talk about how the space could meet their needs. Um, and I think that's, that's the starting point. 
this is a, a bit of a going a little left on this question here is, is there a space that, that you can't improve or can't match with whoever owns the home or owns the, 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 uh, the building and the, what the building wants and then to align them. Do you ever see, how often do you see that in the spaces that you frequent that it's not aligned and it can be. So creatively speaking, Yes. I think or personally, if you want, go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and tell us how you feel too. No, no, no. I think, um, creatively speaking, um, there's a Dutch saying, ne heb je ja kun je literally translated, you already have no, you can only get yes. So anything is possible, right? You just have to reach for it, you just have to ask. So if you see a space, um, and it has, you see all the potential that it could have and a client maybe has other thoughts. Um, you, you can explain really, you can put the two together and maybe explain it to the client and explain, um, sort of the vision of how it's possible. Uh, maybe it might be not the client had, hadn't thought about it at first, mm -hmm. but, um, if you throw it out there as a possibility, then I think there's always an option that yes, um, it's possible. I don't. So I think, um, yeah, if you're going to build, if you want to fit a hundred people in a 10 by 10 room, of course, that's not going to work, but you know, beyond the, the sort of practical parameters and creativity, you know, I think anything, anything's possible. Along that, well, you definitely came up with a quote. See, I, we talked about this in our digital green room that if, if there is no, we'll, you'll come up with one. You watch, you will. There's another one that I've seen, and every now and then I see it. It's, uh, there's always a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. What's your thought on that? Oh, geez. I think um, I think what you're getting at is just is, is really the the um, seeing the possibilities of of seeing the options and the possibilities. Um, I guess in um, that's part of you know being creative, and I think part of design is uh, I recall, like for example, at the showcase, the decorative showcase, a couple of years ago. Uh, they had asked if I could do a room, work on a room. Um, and it wasn't what I had, the room that I had really intended on wanting to work on. The room itself, you know, was smaller and it had a really, uh, it had a, it was on the property wall. So your window actually looked at your neighbor's, um, your neighbor's property, their, their living room, I think like 10 feet away. So, you know, that's something when the decorator showcase asks, if you can do it, then you want to, you want to deliver. And um, so of course I said, yes. Um, but then you think, okay, well, that's our main um, photo op, you know, at the, at the project, how do we, what do we do with this window? So you have to think of all the possibilities um, uh, you know, that to make it work. And, and so, you know, you, 
you dive in and see if you swim. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's part of it, but I mean, that, that really, um, that really uh, prompts uh, creativity too. I think those, those sort of, those challenges, if it's not been done before, that's, that's, and you, you can make it happen. That's also what clients really want, right? Exactly. This is excellent. You're listening (laughs) To the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Cyriclad. We're talking today with Martin Young, principal and designer at Martin Young Design. For more information, feel free to visit his website at martinyoungdesign.com. Martin, how much do you, uh, do you feel in your experience that courage has a lot to do with imagination and your final, you know, the final product delivery to just not have so much fear and to go with your own instincts and to go with what the clients requested and mm-hmm. go ahead. have them feel that uh, better having <laughs> brought you on. I think as a, as someone who's been in business, um, a little bit and having worked in larger offices i think it's not necessarily courage but confidence confidence okay i think that's probably a better word um having i guess you know to your point um and for me personally and for me and how i run um i guess how i my process is more intuitive and I rely on that for the business as well. But having confidence in the, in understanding what you're intuiting, I think is more important or is really important. Um, because I think, um, I guess I think uh, when you are able to uh, put away the how do I say this? Uh, that's a really difficult question. I think when you're, <laughs> <laughs> but I think well, um, go ahead. We'll stay on the confidence then. You know what? What do you think builds that confidence? In your um, experience, yeah, I think that. Well, that's a good question. I think for me, it's um, really time, and I'm still learning that. Actually, I'm still trying to acquire that. So. I think it's um, I think it's important, um, and it's for, it's not in, inherent. It's not natural for everyone, um, but as a business owner, it's something you have to learn. So I'm still learning. Now, on the subject of uh, business owner, the the business and design, and how you have them work for your client and you. How's that process been since? If you can go back as uh, from day one when you uh, uh, put your shingle, so to speak, out. You know, I'm a. I I think I associate myself with being more of a creative, and and business is not my strength. So it's you know from um, big picture, you know, it's something that I work I've worked through, and something that has um, not come naturally, but you know, we're still around. Um, and so I have to be appreciative and grateful of all the clients I work with and, 
um, have been able to sustain a business uh, from day to day, it's definitely has its challenges because you're wearing all the hats, right? You're mm-hmm. being creative, maybe um, 10, 15% and you're running an office, 85% to 90%. So uh, that's, you know, that's, yep. that's what you have to do. And um, there are definitely big um big pluses to running your own business um and uh you 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 set your own goals and all your achievements and all your failures are your own so i think it's great i mean yeah i i and i think um uh definitely lots of room for learning <laughs> what prepared you for it and at what point did you decide if you're at liberty to share with us when you 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 thought you know what i'm i'm going to um go out on my own and yeah no that's a really good question i don't think i ever really felt prepared um i always thought there was a uh an idea uh a notion of a a romantic idea like okay you know having your own office and um but that never really ever seemed to be the right moment um but then in um 2010 uh, during the recession, I was laid off. And at that point, um, I thought, okay, well, if I haven't done it now, up until now, maybe now's the right time. I'm in the middle of the recession, right? Eh? Why not? Um, and I guess the, the pivotal point was at that moment, I had two architectural offices, two architects um, ask if I wanted to start their interiors uh, part in their office. Mm-hmm. So I guess at that point it was a decision um, where I thought, okay, well, I can try and get an income, a steady income during this period, or I can just try it right now and go out on a limb. And so, um, yeah, that's where I thought, okay, let's try it and we'll see. And that's when I did it. So I don't think I was ever really prepared. I just feel like very often from day to day, sometimes I don't feel prepared at all. But um, like I said, you know, the great thing is there are your own failures or your own um, achievements and you, you learn uh, just by doing. Who are your inspirations? I mean, if, if, just if you can think of a couple that not just as inspirations for their work, but actually um, as business people, Oh, that's a really good question. You know, I think um, I I think it's a really good question. I don't, um, in terms of a practice, that's, I actually, I don't know. I don't, I have to tell you, honestly, I don't have, um, I, I guess I have examples, but I don't know if they're all really, um, what was the word you used? An inspiration. Uh, inspiration. Yes. Yeah, I guess I have examples, but I don't know if they're necessarily inspiration because I don't know how they run their practice enough to be an inspiration. All I have is really an image. And I don't know if that's necessarily, I mean, that's not necessarily always practical, right? Um, and so when you talk about the literally running a business, I think I would need more information on how they run their business. But um so I, I don't know if I can answer that. I think you did. You did a very good job. In fact, that did show you're very uh, original and authentic in not just your uh, your profession, but in your uh, in your artistry. 
which is quite unique. So you're in effect your own is inspiration. thank you you. (laughs) yes yes (laughs) you definitely definitely are so you answered it very well without you could have said a person's name or a couple people's name but um i think you you ought to kind of look at your own self martin and as i shared earlier in the in the show that you know your your work i'm very very impressed with i i enjoy it and on that how do your clients feel once they've seen the space become what you both envisioned? Oh, that's actually, I think, a really magical part of what we do because um, um, you work so um, intensely on getting the project completed. And um, and it's really gratifying to um, have happy clients, right? So I think um, there was a project I worked on, for example, uh, I worked on, I was, I was, um, had the incredible opportunity to work on a plane and, um, the client, you know, this is a process that's over a couple of years at least. And, um, the client is somewhat removed from the process. Cause you're, um, you're actually, I was with the manufacturer most, a lot of the times and with the, um, um, with the group um, on the client side and the client themselves was, was removed. So when they finally saw the results, I just, um, I think they were just couldn't believe the actual product because, you know, they just have no idea what the results could be. And I would say that's also the same with, with any house, um, you know, any residence. Um, it's the same thing. Um, you know, it could be uh, a whole house. It could be a room. Even um, I w- was working on a on a on a s- two rooms um, for a client, and um, she lived at the house, um, but she had made the decision that she wouldn't go into that area at all until it was done. And so, um, you know, when she saw it, she was as she it was just something that was very magical for her. And you see that you feel, you feel that, that appreciation and that, um, that element, everything you've been working towards and everything you've been explaining. Um, I mean, you can show them material boards, show them colors. You can show them um, maybe sketches, but actually being in the space uh, really is everything. This is excellent. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Cyraclad. We're talking today with Martin Young, principal and designer at Martin Young Design. For more information, you can visit martinyoungdesign.com. Martin, is there uh, anything that we may not have touched on in your show today that you'd like to share with your audience uh, that's a good question. I, I, not sure. I think um, it's funny you should ask that um, because I think in this time of COVID, you know, we've been very removed from that one-on-one contact, sure. that in-person contact. So it's very hard. Um, it's almost like being reborn. <laughs> when we're going to come out of this. Uh, coming out of, uh, you know, but I, I think part of it, yeah, I, this is a really good question. I, I, I really don't know. 
I guess, uh, is there anything that you would like to know? <laughs> there's a lot. We can carry this show on for another couple hours. Are you kidding? No, there's just so much, especially seeing you. Our, your audience is not able to see, you know, we're, you know, we're talking right now because it's, it's audio, but I can see in the, in your, uh, your backspace, it's not a screen. It's real that, uh, it's very, very diverse. And, uh, in fact, let's talk about the one that, that really caught my eye when we came on, the tiger. Oh, yeah. Share with, share, share with us that, as best as you can. Think of the theater of the mind, so your audience will have to envision as much as they can, and you can maybe if you feel like directing them to that, too. Well, so I think um, what we started talking about was um, uh, an artist um, called named Les Deux Garçons, and the image that we were referring to is one of a, a piece that they had shown at a gallery in Amsterdam. And the artists work with taxidermy. And I think um, they don't go out getting, um, killing animals for their, their work, but they look at, um, they look for already um, animals that have, that are, are, what's the verb to taxidermize, taxidermize yeah. stuff <laughs> stuff yeah stuff uh, to use in their um to use in their uh pieces and this specific one is of two tigers and if you can imagine they have been seamlessly connected um they've been actually um bisected in half um two of them and they Head, the heads and front paws have been seamlessly connected to one another. So in effect, you get something that looks like a tiger with a mirror image on its back and it's being suspended. And it's the most bizarre visual you can think of um, because it, you're thinking something, these are real tigers at one point, they were alive to so the, the scale of them is as large as a large tiger um, times two. Um, and they're suspended in the air and they're hanging over you looking down. And they're just, it's just very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. And, and these two, this artist, um, they don't, they work in, um, it's called taxidermy Siberian tigers. Okay, so they're Siberian tigers. Um, they they don't um, they work in different sizes, different scales. So they have smaller animals, they have lar large animals, and they're just fascinating, just really incredible to look at. Um, spatial, um, but also magical and bizarre, I would say. But I think um, you know, there's a that's really what um, I was saying that that's something that I would love to find a project and, and put these in um, or someone, a client that would appreciate this artist um, because I think that's part of creating a space is making it magical. Um, but of course it has to be your aesthetic and taxidermy might not be everyone's aesthetic, even though they're sort of fantastical in their presentation uh, nonetheless. They're animals. 
<laughs> Martin, excellent description. And that seamlessness is uh, interesting, at least to me, because I feel like um, your work is what creates that seamlessness because you're taking what could be perceived as bizarre or different and, and unknown from your clients and you're the seamster <laughs> that brings it all together to where it actually in the final analysis creates an art that's timeless. So well done for you. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's always, um, I think that's part of the, what I really enjoy is, um, is that seamlessness that, as you put it, um, and bringing the two together. Uh, so I think that's something we really strive for in our work. And um, I think it's something that I've brought from architecture or I've, you know, that, that maybe that resonates through architecture, um, that, that background that I have into um, interiors. Well done. Well done, Martin. Martin, it's been an honor and pleasure having you uh, on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you again, Martin. Our guest today has been Martin Young. Martin possesses a broad knowledge of design and cultural aesthetics. His professional experience in architecture, interior architecture and design include four years in the Netherlands. Rounding out his background, he also did a stint with a Dutch antique dealer and Paul Brinkman. Martin earned his Bachelor of Arts in Architecture from the University of California at Berkeley and a Master's in Architecture from Columbia University. This unique, I'll say quite unique, mix of vocation, location, and education can be seen throughout all of his works and his projects. For more information, feel free to visit his website at martinyoungdesign.com. Again, that's martinyoungdesign.com. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is recorded from the office of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington and on location. Thank you for listening.